handouts out this morning. If you don't have one, we should have one in the pew or seat next to you. Let's take a look first of all. We're going to go to the Old Testament in a minute. But if you turn with me to 2 Peter chapter number 2, we're going to start there this morning. And uh, this, the, uh, the title of the message this morning is uh, Rehoboam, I already tried to pronounce his name, Rehoboam's Great Sin. Rehoboam's Great Sin. Let's start out first, though, in 2 Peter. And we want to uh, warn ourselves about committing this terrible, terrible sin that I think all of us are capable of committing, and that is to forsake the Lord. And uh, in a minute, we'll find how Rehoboam did that. Um, and so before we do, though, let's uh, hold our place in Second Peter chapter 2. Uh, we'll start with verse 18. But let's go to prayer and ask God to help us and put away all of our thoughts that are clouding our minds today, maybe. Uh, just uh, things that get into the way, the cares of this world. We're in church now. This is the house of the Lord. This is the house of prayer. This is where God's word, the pillar and the ground of truth. If we can take this time that we have together in the next half hour or so and just make it profitable, we could, we could really, uh, really benefit this morning. Let's pray. Father, thank you now for this opportunity we have. We pray that you'll bless the message to our hearts. Bless the word of God to our minds and our, our souls and our bodies and help us to live not by bread alone, <clears throat> but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. We thank you for the opportunity we have today in a free country to have our church and to practice and to exercise our religion. And we pray and thank you for the freedom that we have to do that, that we have the right Bible and we have the right doctrine and we we know that we have the right Lord. And we pray, Jesus, that you'll bless us in your house today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, let's look first of all to Second Peter. And uh, out of all the people that knows what they're talking about, there was a day when Jesus uh, was uh, in a he was being arrested. He had Peter actually forsook him for at least a little while. And we can all thank God that uh, the Lord uh, forgave him. And even though Peter forsook him for a little bit and he cursed and said he didn't know the Lord, what a better man could we find to write this Bible here in this second uh, letter, uh, Second Peter. So Peter knows what he's talking about to start off with. Verse 18, please. It says in verse number 18, For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lust of the flesh through much wantonness, those that were clean escaped from them who live in error. While they promised them liberty, be careful now, watch this. While they promised them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome, of the same is he brought in bondage. For if after after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is worth, worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it 
to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. And I say this morning, uh, for some folks, it's a lot better if they never even knew what they know now than to know what they know now and then backslide and give it all up. I know too much. I'd be a miserable person if I quit church. I'll tell you, I would just, I, I, I wouldn't want to be, I wouldn't even want to live with myself if I know, after all these years of pastoring, all these years of watching God bless my family and bless my, my people. And I say that kindly. I, I know I, you don't belong to me, but all down through the years. I, I don't think I'd live with myself. And listen, all of us are susceptible to this. You could get upset over some dumb thing and you could just stop going to church. And the Bible warns against that. It would be better for you had you not even known some of the things you know than to turn around and, and give it all up. Um, Solomon did that. Remember Solomon. Remember how God blessed him. And remember how he answered his prayer specifically. Gave him wisdom, knowledge, understanding. Riches as if they were flowing down like a river. He had more gold and precious stones and rubies and armies and ships and horses and stalls. And God even allowed him to have a whole huge bunch of uh, uh, just tremendous forests. And uh, he had cedar trees coming down. And the man was so incredibly blessed by his prayers. And then uh, in the end, you know what happened to Solomon, don't you? He gave it all up. He turned his heart away from God. He didn't lose his salvation. You don't look if if if, if I if I just quit living uh, for the Lord, I'm still going to go to heaven. You don't go to heaven because you live for the Lord. You go to heaven because you were born into His family, right by the blood of Jesus Christ. He's got a lot of children that are uh, ready for punishment. I'd say ready for getting in trouble. You know, every Christian is not a good Christian. I mean, they are here in this church, yeah, of course. <laughs> but every every Christian's not not 100% all put together, ready to go, and you know, you're we're not all going to get the gold medal just because we're saved. In other words, there's a lot of Christians out there that have gotten upset, and it's better for them had they not known what they know than to turn away and give it all up. I'd say if you're in church, stay in church. And I mean that. Be faithful. Get a church where you can say, this is my church. I'm a member. This is my church. This is so important. It's, it's biblical. The word member is in the Bible. Now, we have to realize that there's so much to this being in church. It's not, by the way, we're not a center for activity, although we're active. Amen. Did you know this is not a club? Did you know this isn't just some kind of nice thing that we do? This is serious business. Amen. This church belongs to Jesus Christ. Amen. And he started it. It's his doctrine. It's his Bible. It's his spirit. It's his command. It's his authority. Listen, I'm, I'm just a water boy for Jesus, to tell you the truth. But man, what water. Amen. It's the best thing I've ever had happen to me in my life. 
I don't care if I shine somebody's shoes for Jesus as long as it's a job that he gave me. That's, what you, that's, where, that's when you win the battle. And by the way, do you think I've ever flushed a toilet around here and cleaned it up? Why, I'm part of the intelligentsia. I, no, I, I, I put my, my, my dirty clothes, or my clean clothes, get them dirty, but I, I, put my, I put my jeans on. I love working around the church. I love building stuff around here. I, I love sweeping and cleaning. I grab the vacuum. I'm not scared of all that stuff. I do it for Jesus, though, because it's his house. Oh, I've got some, I've got some friends that they, they, don't, they don't like it unless they're called doctor. You know, I tease them when uh, nothing wrong with doctor if you've earned it. Come on, say amen. amen. But some of these guys... Uh, You know, so I call them, hey, Doc. <laughs> or you know what really bothers them? Call them by their first name. That, that will really get them mad. Yeah. Listen, this is the Lord's house. We know too much about his blessings to throw it all away. Amen. Let's not throw it away. Let's not, let's not be like Demas in the Bible, Alexander, Solomon, and even John Mark. Later on, he got, he got chosen again. Paul used him. But he took off in the mission, uh, the first missionary trip. He took off. Paul said, John Mark, he just left us. He just took off. He went back, went back home. That hurt. Uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad God brought him back around, aren't you? And he did. But, yeah, there was a lot of stuff John Mark could have done. You say, well, you can't judge. Well, we, we, we only can judge what the Bible says. I think people ought to stay in church. Aren't you glad the preacher's saying that? <laughs> I was like, well, honey, I don't feel like coming to church today. Could you preach for me, please? No. Uh, I, listen, I, I, uh, I've, I've had too many years of, of, of wasted teenage years to where I was so much so, in so much trouble and confused and messed up. I'm glad God put me in church. Amen. I think I found my niche. Have you found your niche yet? Have you found Have you found your chair? Have you found the place where you like to sit? Yeah, people are like that. They like to They like to just sit where they like to sit. Nothing wrong with that. I just wish I could sit. <laughs> I gotta stand up in every service. You say, Are you tired today, Pastor? Yeah, I've been standing up the whole time. No. Hey, the Lord's house is great. Now, will you say, why don't you get back to the message? This is all part of the message. You remember Solomon, don't you? Anybody know who Solomon's dad was? David. David was Solomon's dad. David... And Solomon together ruled Israel some almost 80 years. They had the will of God. They had the word of God. They had the, the, the tremendous service of the Levites. And they had the temple. And they had all the power and all the things they got to see. Solomon made a terrible decision to get uh, his heart uh, and 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 just be overwhelmed and overcome and drawn away with all the gods of those Egyptian women. And he had, he, 
oh my goodness, he had so many wives. And, and, and with every one of those wives, he had a mother-in-law too. <laughs> Why would you do that? Nothing wrong with mother-in-laws. Don't get all mad at me. But he made a bad mistake, didn't he? And he was warned by God not to do that. He was told by God, don't you get involved with all these women. Don't you multiply to yourselves all those wives. But God, God gave him so much. And that was after he was raised by David, his father. David, the psalmist of Israel. The one who uh, was after, uh, his heart was after God's own heart. The one who slayed the giants. David had a heritage that he passed down to his son Solomon. And Solomon at the first, he says, Lord, I, I just got to do this. I don't know how to go in and come out. I don't know how to be a king. If you just help me, I need wisdom. God said, that's what I'm looking for. That attitude right there. You need me, I'm here. And he said, I'm going to give you what you never asked for. You asked for understanding and wisdom. I'm going to give you things that you never asked for. I'm, going to, I'm just going to open up the windows of heaven. I'm going to pour you out a blessing. You're not even going to be able to handle it. And my goodness, he built the temple, Solomon's temple. And he gave rest on Solomon on every side. You know, David, all the time, David was um, in the ministry and in the kingdom and uh, fighting. My goodness, the Philistines were always after David. They were always trying to kill him. He was in the cave. Saul tried to kill him. David, had, he was, his whole entire life, seemed like, was nothing but one big struggle fight. And then all of a sudden, Solomon, he gets the temple. And God says, okay, we're just going to have peace for a while. He gave Solomon peace on all the sides. They got to see God bless David in the battle. And he got to see the giants die. And then they got to see the, the riches and the glory of Israel given to uh, David, his father. And then Solomon got to see God give him peace on all the sides. And it was just a wonderful time. They said, get busy. We're going to build a temple. He took the plans that his father David had written out and got from the Lord. He took all the supplies that David, his father, had given and, and collected before he died, all the gold and the silver and all the, and all the uh, business dealings, and they put together that great big temple, and Solomon got to stand back and just enjoy the blessings of God as, as he prayed for wisdom, and the expression and the example of his wisdom is, is meted out in the first uh, uh, first Kings, I believe it is. But you get to see how, 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 how Solomon was given wisdom by God and then uh, given the wisdom and the artificers and the, uh, the engineers and the people that did all the work. And they all gathered together and built that great big temple. And Solomon got to see his dad. And then he got to see God do something with him. It's a, it's a sad thing what Solomon did. Solomon forsook the Lord. But Solomon was not the only one. Solomon had two sons, Rehoboam and Jeroboam. Rehoboam was, was David's grandson. Rehoboam knew better. He was over Judah. Jeroboam was over Israel. The whole country split up, kind of like what we're doing in America. And boy, I hope that doesn't happen. I hope by God's grace he gives... Some of those guys up there on Capitol Hill, some common sense, because it is not common. Amen. Amen. It's not common. That common sense doesn't exist up there. That's right. 
Well, I want to thank the great senator from Alabama, and I want to thank the gentleman from, oh, man, come on. Quit, quit, quit platituding everybody. Get down to business. <laughs> Amen. Am I the only one that thinks this way? Man, they can talk for several hours and never say nothing or anything. Excuse me. <laughs> I'm, I'm sick and tired of politicians. That if, if their mouth is moving, something's wrong. You say, you shouldn't talk like that. Oh, give me a break. Give me the presidency for just four years. I'm not running, but man, wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't it be great if you get some kind of a Bible-leaving Baptist preacher in the, in the White House? <laughs> yes, I dream. <laughs> Let's go to 1 Kings. I want you to see the great sin of Rehoboam. Rehoboam, he knew full well what he was doing. And we're going to see that his, his attitude toward God had changed, if he ever had one. And uh, we know that something went terribly wrong in his heart. He should have known better. His dad was Solomon. His grandpa was David. He knew better than what he was doing. If he didn't have it in his heart, he sure had it in his mind. He knew, he knew what he was doing, and I think it's very tragedy. 1 Kings chapter 12, first of all, let's go to verse number 1. Now, Rehoboam, the Bible says, went to Shechem, for all Israel were come to Shechem to make him king. This was after, uh, after, after Solomon. And it came to pass when Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who was yet in Egypt, heard of it, for he was fled from the presence of King Solomon, and Jeroboam dwelt in Egypt, that they sent and called him, and Jeroboam and all the congregation of Israel came and spake unto Rehoboam, saying, Thy father made our yoke grievous, that would be Solomon. Now therefore... Make thou the grievous service of thy father and his heavy yoke which he uh, put upon us lighter, and we will serve thee. And he said unto them, Depart yet for three days. This is Rehoboam telling them to go away for three days. Then come again to me. And the people departed. And King Rehoboam consulted with the old men that stood before Solomon his father while he yet lived and said, how do ye advise that I may answer this people? And they uh, spake unto him, saying, If thou wilt be a servant unto this people this day, and will serve them, and answer them, and speak good words to them, then they will be thy servants forever. Now look, this is what Rehoboam did. He forsook that. But he forsook the counsel of the old men, which they had given him, and consulted with the young men, that were grown up with him and which stood before him. Let me say real quickly, you know what's happened in America? The youth in America has been corrupted and they're running the program. They're bossing their parents around, they're whining and crying and wanting everything and they don't want to work, they want everything free, they want their education free, they want they hate authority, they don't want to be arrested, they don't want to be told what to do. I talked to a police officer last time I was on call, and I was talking to him about the fact that nobody wants to have the law enforced upon them. 
These officers are called law enforcement officers. Law has to be enforced or it's ridiculously, and it's just, it's nonsensical to have a law if it's not going to be enforced. So these officers are there with, with their whole career, their whole family, everything they do to enforce the law. Sometimes you don't have to force it really strong. Sometimes you have to arrest somebody. Sometimes you have to shoot somebody. Sometimes you have to uh, put them in handcuffs and take them to jail. That's called law enforcement. Some of us have had tickets years and years ago. I think the last time I got a ticket was probably 15 years ago. I'm, I'm, I'm not joking. I, I'm, I'm really glad. Now, I've talked them out of it several times. But um, I'm just saying, a ticket is part of law enforcement. These youth and... The, and, and Rehoboam said, what do you young guys say? Hell, everybody about my age, you know. Don't, if you're going to get advice, don't go to somebody that's doing the same thing you're doing. If you want advice, go to somebody that might tell you something different. Everybody with me? If you need wisdom, go to somebody that's wise. Wise men seek wise counsel. That's like a teenager going to all of his buddies and saying, what do you think about marijuana? I'm not so sure I should smoke it. What do you guys think? Oh, yeah, go for it, man. It's legal. Oh, yeah, it's great. Oh, okay. Well, I, that's not wise to do that. You see what I'm saying? Don't go. Don't, you don't go to this level. You go up here to the level, the, the old man that, that bent. Listen, when I want wisdom, you know what I used to do? I used to call my dad. And he had a lot of wisdom. And I used to, I miss calling my dad when I have a decision to make or some big uh, fork in the road in my life. I love to talk to my dad. I can't talk to him anymore. But I used to love to call him. My dad was so full of common sense, it was actually dripping right out of his mouth. Common sense just dripped out of his mouth. He didn't even know he was giving me good counsel. He just, he, sometimes, sometimes he would say things that just helped me out. And I miss him for that. And uh, I didn't seek counsel from my buddies in high school. I sought counsel from my dad and my grandpa, people that knew better. Rehoboam made a big mistake. He made several, but look what he did. He forsook the counsel. Verse 8, he forsook the counsel of the old men, which they had given him and consulted with the young men that were grown up with him and which stood before him. And he said unto them, What counsel give ye that we may answer this people who have spoken to me, saying, Make the yoke which thy father did put upon us lighter. And the young men that were grown up with him spake unto him, saying, Thus shalt thou speak unto this people that spake unto thee, saying, Thy father made our yoke heavy, but make thou it lighter unto us. Thus shalt thou say unto them, my little finger shall be thicker than my father's loins. That's ridiculous. And that, and verse 11, And now whereas my, thy, my father did uh, laid you with heavy yoke, I will add to your yoke. My father chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scorpions. No wonder Rehoboam had a tough time. I'm going to... You think my dad had had you think my dad was rough on you? Wait till I get done with you. I'm gonna pound you into the ground. 
I'm, you're going to, he, he whipped you, man. I'm going to turn the scorpions on you. That, what he was saying is, I, 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 that my dad did nothing compared to what I'm going to do to you. And, you know, I'm glad no matter what mistakes people make, God's still in control. And he was actually in control of this. He let Rehoboam do that. Nevertheless, Rehoboam still made a terrible mistake because his mistake wasn't done yet. Listen, folks, listen, I don't have much time with you today, but don't, don't quit going to church. Amen. Just don't do it. You need church. Amen. You say, well, I, I can't find a good one. You're here. No, you say, I tell people, I tell people this. I say, hey, man, why don't you let me be your pastor until you can find a better one? That's good advice. You, you're, not, you're not with me on that. Your, your mind is going all over. What did you say? I'm saying, let me be your pastor until you can find a better one. That, that's true. Let me pastor you. Let, let, me, let me encourage you. Let me help you. Let me teach you. Listen, you're not, you're not here because, because God's privileged to have you. You're not, you're, I think I'll, I'll, I'll do something for God today. And no, 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 you, you get to serve him. Amen. He, he's, he's happy you're here. Don't get me wrong. But listen, listen, um, we got it all wrong. You're not doing God a favor. You, how many say, we need, the, we need the growth. God doesn't need to grow. How many say, you need, you need to learn how to deal with sin in your life, what to do with it, not God. Uh, how, many have, how many have character flaws? Don't answer that. Don't answer that. Everybody does. Does God have a character flaw? So why do we go to church? Who needs church? God or we? We do. God, God didn't have church before Jesus started the church. He said, upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And he says, what you bind on earth I'll bind in heaven. You're here, and I'm going to give you a house of God. Listen, Jesus was fine and dandy before, before he ever started the church. You know why he started the church? Because you need it, and I need it. We all need church. We all need a place where we can say, this is my home church. Amen. I still have fond memories in my home church. I learned how to preach there. I learned how to teach the Bible there. I learned how to go soul winning. I learned how to tithe. I learned how to sing in the choir, sort of. I learned how, I learned how to uh, be nice to my brother. I, I learned how to accept good preaching. I learned how to listen to preaching. I learned how to do all kinds of things. I met my wife there. Uh, my, all my, my whole life. The first time I ever got to serve the Lord full time, where I was making a living at it. And by the way, that's ordained of God. You know, we're not a bunch of hirelings. You know, it's not it's not some career move. It's it's a life. And some of you need to think about what God wants you to do. Does God want you to be a missionary? You say, oh, I'm too young. No, you're not. I'm too old. No, you're not. You can do anything for God when He wants you to do it. Have you ever thought about have you ever thought about getting so deep into your church that God could speak to you and use you in his ministry and in, in as a missionary or as a pastor or as a teacher 
or or some kind of full full time service. Listen, n- none of us are none of us are worthy of serving God. You think you, you think I'm worthy? Listen, I I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I just don't want to get out of church. I've asked my family, please, if I get too old to preach and too old to pastor, would you please wheel me in in a wheelchair? And give me a spot so I can shout amen or something. I don't care if I have a big long beard and a scraggly beard. I don't care. I don't care if I can't walk anymore. I'm going to church all the way. Are you? Are you? Why? Rehoboam made a terrible mistake. He forsook the Lord. He forsook the Lord. uh, Please turn with me to 2 Chronicles chapter number uh, 11. Now, I'm not yelling at you. I hope you understand that. Sometimes you get excited and the little kid goes home and says, Mom, what was the preacher all mad about today? I, I'm, I'm not mad at anybody. If I'm mad at anybody, it'd be the devil. Yes. You know how many families have come through our church and quit serving God? Yes. This is Washington. I've got a list of families and once in a while, I take the list out and I pray for them. So many people have quit the church not to go to a better one or not to go to a different one or not to go to one that's the same. There's so many families in these last 24 years that have quit church. They don't go anywhere anymore. They have completely backslidden. And I believe that's a, a biblical term. And I grieve for them because some of them don't even go to church anywhere. So, well, I already did the church thing. This isn't a thing. This is the Lord's house. It's his word. It's his Bible. I I grieve for those families, and believe me, after 24 years, there's a whole raft of them. I wouldn't be upset if they were going to church somewhere and having a great time serving God. Because I'm not the only, this isn't the only church in the whole wide world. It just happens to be the best, but I don't know. No, I, I know that. I know that. And I hope you let me joke. So quit being mad at me. <laughs> Second Chronicles. Look at this now. Chapter number 11. Rehoboam's story is here too. But I want you to see a few verses here. Um, after all those years, uh, let's start with chapter 10, excuse me. Second Chronicles chapter 10, verse 6. It says... And King Rehoboam took counsel with the old men that had stood before Solomon his father while he yet lived, saying, What counsel give ye, give, uh, give ye me to return answer to this people? It's another uh, repeating of what we just heard, but it's a little different. Watch. And they spake unto him, saying, If thou be kind to this people and please them and speak good words to them, they will be thy servants forever. But, verse 8 says, He forsook the counsel which the old men gave him and took counsel with the young men that were brought up with him that stood before him. Now, we already know that. Let's continue on, though. Look uh, at verse uh, 11. Uh, It says, For whereas my father put a heavy yoke upon you, I will put more to your yoke. My father chastened you with whips, I will chasten you with scorpions. Now, he forsook the counsel of the old men, and he forsook the Lord. 
he got away from God. Now, Rehoboam knew better. The Bible says it's better not to have known the way than to, than to turn from it. But look back with me in chapter uh, number, yeah, uh, no, okay, I already got that. Chapter 12, please. Chapter 12 is, is where we're heading. Chapter 12 and verse number 14. It says, this is, this is the, uh, the death of Rehoboam after all that time, after his dad and his grandpa, 80 years of serving God and being king. Look, look what Rehoboam did. Look at verse 13. So King Rehoboam strengthened himself in Jerusalem and reigned. For Rehoboam was one and 40 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 17 years in Jerusalem, the city which the Lord had chosen out of all the tribes of Israel to put his name there. And his mother's name was Nama and Ammonitus, and he did evil because he prepared not his heart to seek the Lord. He did evil, and then he died. Listen, it's not how you start. It's how you finish that means so much. It's not where you were. It's where you are now that means so much. It's not what you used to be that matters so much with God. It's what you are now. Where are you now? What, where are, it's not where you did go. It's where you are going. God, God gave us so much energy and so much love for his word and so many blessings. We share them. We watch how other people work. We watch the judgment of God. And he tells us, beware, beware, watch out. Any one of us can forsake the Lord. Listen, nobody, nobody uh, serves God on accident. You have to serve God on purpose. Now watch, I'm going to give you a, a little formula here. We're going to finish up in a couple minutes. Would you go please with me to 2 Peter? I, I can't warn people stern, uh, stern, sternly enough. I can't warn people strong enough. This world's going to hell as fast as it can go. Folks, do you realize what's happening in America right now? Everything's turning crazy. And you say, well, it happened before. I don't know if it happened like this before. I, I'm sure that every generation has its problems. Don't get me wrong. But I'll tell you what, we need God more than we ever have in this world. Right now, they're teaching your children some really crazy stuff in school. It would have been, it would have, somebody, somebody would have been kicked out a long time ago if they tried this stuff when I was a kid. When I went to, and I'm not that old. I mean, just yesterday. I remember having my fifth birthday just yesterday. <laughs> I'm not that old. That's where you should say amen. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Second, Second Peter chapter 1 and verse number 1. Watch. Can you stay faithful to the Lord? The answer is yes. Can you stay in church? The answer is yes, you can. You have to have some things in your life to keep you strong. And, and uh, Peter, again, knows what these things are, and he wrote them down. Look at verse 1. Simon Peter, a servant, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have uh, obtained like precious faith, which is through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied 
unto you through the knowledge of God and our, uh, of Jesus our Lord. According to as his, as his divine power hath given unto us all, these, uh, all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust and beside this giving all diligence so you're saved but now you need to add some diligence to your salvation uh, to your faith look it says virtue and to virtue knowledge and to knowledge temperance and to temperance patience how many need some of that and patience godliness and godliness brotherly kindness just being kind to one another and charity in verse 7 now watch if these for if these things be in you those seven or eight right there if these things be in you and abound now that word abound means you practice them they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's a bigger promise coming. Watch it. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather brethren, giving diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, these seven or eight things I just mentioned, if you do these things, ye shall what? Say it again. When? Never? The Bible uses the word never? Exactly. Is it necessary for somebody in church to backslide? Do you have to fall? Do you have to get back into the world? Do you have to start smoking dope and do you have to drink again? Do you have to go back into the uh, terrible things that God saved you out? Is it necessary or can you escape all that? The Bible says if you do these things, you're never going to fall. I like being around guys and gals that love God and they've been going to church a long time. And they say, oh yeah, listen, I've been serving uh, the Lord for 40-some years or 20-some years. I've been saved for 10 years. And I, I just love being around folks that uh, have some kind of track record that they didn't give it up. And I hurt, hurt, hurt for see families just fall out and stumble and crash and burn and just deflate. That hurts me more than anything in my life as a pastor to see families and children. What happens when people get out of church? Let me tell you what happens. Their kids start fighting a little bit more. They get a little attitude. Uh, sin is, is easier to accomplish. Uh, some marriages break up. I've seen that. Now, it's not, it's not 100%, but for the most part, people that are, know the way of righteousness and they get out and just give up, their lives just kind of get into a rut of disaster after disaster. If I'm going to have if I'm going to have problems in my life, I want to have them while I'm in church. If something's going to break down in my house, <laughs> I want it to be on uh, while I'm at church. 
I mean, things get broken, right? Things go. But if, if a person's living outside the will of God, those things, they're not just trials anymore. Those are punishments. It seems like they're, you know, after you know the way of righteousness and something bad happens and you're, you're in sin or you're out of church and then something bad happens, you go, oh, no, the Lord's just punishing me. But while you're in church and you're loving God and everything's going right and you're in your Bible and you're praying, you say, hey, that's nothing. I can get through this. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Ah, oh, rip open my chest. There's a big S on my chest. It doesn't stand for Superman. It stands for Shaver. <laughs> I've never done that. I don't have that T-shirt. I just feel like I can get through it, though. If some, and by the way, if something happens and somebody's out of church to their children, that is really hard on them. Because now they're thinking, oh, oh, my goodness, I'm guilty. I'm being punished. The, the, the mentality of a trial, if you're not in God's will, hurts a lot worse than a trial when you're in the will of God. Amen. The rain comes on just and unjust the sun shines on the just and the unjust if i'm gonna have to live in this world i want to do it right here in church Amen. and i'm sticking and staying and i hope you do too rehoboam made a terrible mistake now one last verse let's go to uh first corinthians chapter 15 i'm really glad that the, the clock is fast so I've, i'm really doing okay here the clock <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of a cartoon I saw. The guy, uh, the pastor's got his notebook in his hand, and and uh, the title of it is, um, uh, I think it was Hell or something like that. And uh, he's just about to go out in to meet the crowd behind the platform, you know, and he's sneaking out. He's going to make his entrance. He's got his Bible and his message already. He's got his hand on the thermostat. And he's turning it all the way up. <laughs> oh, man. Listen, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to manipulate anybody here. But we have a God, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We have a God that loves to see his people continue on in truth, stay in church, go through the problems, weather the difficulty, Great, great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Boy, we've, we've just got to keep going. And it's not, it's not that hard if, if you're in the spiritual condition that you love God and you're ready to go and you want to do something for the Lord, uh, stay in church. Look at 15, verse 58. We're going to finish with this. Therefore, Paul says, My beloved brethren, be ye what? steadfast and then what's the next word unmovable and then the next one always abounding so those three things be steadfast be unmovable and always abound in the work of the lord for as much as you know your labor is not in vain in the lord i thank god that uh, coming up in september brother uh, Myrick's going to be preaching for us on our 24th anniversary. And I've, I've been praying the Lord would just give me 24 more years after that. If we get to 25, I want 25 more. Thank you very much. I'd like to do that again. I don't know when the Lord's coming back, 
But I want to be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law. But I want to be able to say, I pressed for the mark, pressed for the prize of the the mark of the, the prize of the high calling of Jesus Christ. I just want to be, I just want to be the, of, of the crowd that, that kept going. And I thank God for those that uh, graduated a couple weeks ago. That, that was wonderful. There's nothing better than to uh, be given um, a little recognition for something that you did that was right. Amen. A, little, a, little, a little finish line. God's got quite a finish line for us. So it's not what you were, it's what you are. It's not where you were, it's where you're going and where you are. It's, 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 it's not all of your past. It's about, about today and the future. And so you can, you can serve God. Just stay in church. Keep going. Don't worry. Just don't be like Rehoboam and, and Demas and Judas and all those sad people that left. Stay close to God. And if you're here today and you've never been saved, let me just explain quickly. Salvation is where it all begins. What got me out of my lifestyle was I got saved. And then he put me in the house of God, a new family, a new group of people. It was the most wonderful thing ever happened to me in my life. That day in my bedroom, I asked Jesus to come into my heart. Not everybody accepts that story either, but I don't mind telling it. Like the song said this morning, I love to tell the story because it's a true story. It happened to me. I hope if you're here today and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior that you receive him today and be sure that when you leave today, you know for sure that Jesus has, has heard your prayer of salvation to come into your heart and to forgive you of your sin and, come and to be your Savior. Let's bow for prayer. Our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. just want to ask for a minute maybe Heather can play softly but